Welcome back to the NPSN show. I'm Nakona Powell, and today we're um, gathered here by a former Paraland Oiler, a former UT football player, alumni, and a former NFL player, Fozzie Whitaker. Uh, as most of you know, we bring coaches, we bring players on the podcast, so we're going to start uh, mixing it up, and I'm going to hand it over to him. He's going to uh, speak a little bit about his background, and then we'll get started with a couple questions that we're going to ask him here pretty soon. What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on. Uh, like you already said, my name is Fozzie Whitaker. I grew up in Pearland. I uh, went to Pearland High School, graduated class of 2007. Uh, then uh, went on and enrolled at the University of Texas. Uh, played five years, redshirt there my first year, and then played the following four. Uh, won a uh, Fiesta Bowl BCS championship, went to the national championship, uh, won a Big 12 championship, uh, won four out of the five bowl games that we went to uh, while I played at UT, um, and then uh, played in the NFL for seven years. Uh, I was on the Cardinals my first year for practice squad, and then uh, played with San Diego, the Chargers, and Cleveland Browns in 2013. And then from uh, 2014 until last year, played with the Carolina Panthers. I uh, was able to go to a Super Bowl. We won an NFC a division title. Uh, got to experience everything that came with winning a Super, uh, winning the NFC uh, division and uh, going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and just, man, really just been enjoying life now that I'm a retired football player. And uh, I work as a sports analyst for the Longhorn Network now analyzing the uh, future UT football teams and uh, it, it's been a joy and a blessing so just happy to be on happy to have you on so we're going to get started with um, one of high, a high school question We're back when you played in Pearland what was one thing that was always uh, preached on by coaches I think you were under you were under coach uh, Heath coach um, Heath yeah what was I guess one thing that he preached about going into uh, your high school and going throughout high school is one thing that you really learned from your high school career man coach he's always preached about family having a brotherhood and uh honestly i hadn't really felt that type of connection to a coach prior to meeting coach Heath, and uh just the way that he showed us what family values look like what it took to get to the state championship we weren't able to get to uh, the state game ourselves we made it to the semifinals but uh, you know, I got to witness the team that won it in 2010 and then the team that went back again uh, a few years later. But I just got to really have, have an admiration for Coach Heath just because of the family values and the virtues that he instilled in us to create us more to men and not necessarily only football players. But he allowed us to uh, mature and grow to be young men uh, that headed off to college and be responsible for our actions. Like when you're when you carried that, uh, I guess those family traditional values. When going into playing for uh, UT, I know you played with a couple guys. Uh, I saw that when your class, the I think it's Acho brothers, uh, mm -hmm. Blake Gideon, McCoy, Arakpo, Earl Thomas, Justin Tucker, and also you had some notable coaches. You had Coach Mac Brown, Major Applewhite, and Will uh, Muschamp. How did did those family values still carry on when you had those relationships with the coaches and uh, the players? Yes, most definitely. So that is the reason why I committed to the University of Texas because um, whenever I went to my junior day visit to see the university, uh, they invited me up. 
I had offers from Oklahoma State and LSU, uh, and this was my first junior day visit to a school. And uh, speaking with Coach Brown, really the emphasis that he put on family, uh, and then his wife, Miss Sally Brown, was there. We got to speak with her. Uh, I listened to a players panel that was comprised of freshmen all the way up to seniors uh, that really told us what it would be like once we enrolled to, into school there. And, man, it gave me a, a, a really good feeling of, of a place that I could call home, which is a, a, the real reason why I committed to the University of Texas. Yes, they were great at football, but also they had a great coach, and Coach Mac Brown, that really, really valued family goals. Uh, and then the academic system that University of Texas provides is, is to me, I view it as a public Ivy League uh, that can compete with, uh, with literally any school around the country. So uh, that is the reason why I picked the University of Texas, because Coach Brown and, and how much that he harped on a family atmosphere and a family environment. I know at UT you hold the, um, I believe it was the return, return uh, touchdown record for uh, Longhorns. Um, when you're going in making the transition from playing for UT and then going into the NFL prior of obviously getting ready for the draft, prepping for the draft, um, how was it like, obviously, because going, uh, having a practice squad, uh, tryout for the Cardinals, how were those transitions to many different teams? Cause I know they're all spread around the different, uh, the United States. How was that change? Like going from Arizona, uh, to Cleveland and to uh, San Diego and then coming over here to uh, or coming over to Carolina. How were those changes Carolina, man, for your was, family? It was extremely hard to tell you the truth, man. Whenever a lot of people talk about people that played in the NFL, you automatically probably most likely think of somebody that has gotten drafted to the NFL or has made a, a big impact and has played in the league for, for quite a few years or making a lot of money. Uh, but the majority of the NFL is comprised around people that are closer to, to league minimum salary and are playing most of the plays on special teams. They're not your typical starters, but the guys that kind of make the team work uh, behind the scenes, getting all the practice reps, getting cut, getting traded, uh, all those things, man. It's a lot that goes into it from the business aspect that uh, the, just the general public may not really understand all the ins and outs of it, but uh, man, it, it, it's a it's a very strenuous strain on on your mental and your physical. Just because uh, one day, man, I was in, literally in the Cardinals locker room doing rehab stuff, training from whenever I injured my knee my senior year in, in, in college, and then the the next hour after I had left the facility, I was informed that I was cut. Like I get a call from the coaches or staff or management, nothing. They contacted my agent, told my agent I was getting released. My agent ended up calling me. So I didn't even talk to anybody in the Cardinals organization after I had just seen them literally an hour before that. And then uh, got claimed off waivers by San Diego Chargers. And that was the first time I felt the team have similar family values to kind of what I had grew up knowing in Pearland and going to the University of Texas. I ultimately got released from them uh, because of offensive line injuries. I made the team and played in the first four games with them. Uh, had to get released to make roster space, which is uh, a whole nother story in and of itself that really preaches on the business aspect of, of, of the NFL. It's, you know, you can only have 53 guys active 
uh, each day on, on, on game day. And then of those 53, only 46 of those guys are actually suited out. And the other guys, the other seven are actually sitting uh, just in clothes. So they're not, they're not even allowed to participate. So uh, in order to create space for another lineman to get signed on, they had to release me. I claimed off waivers, moved to Cleveland the following day. And it, it, it was a, a never-ending story, it seemed like, man. I, I found a little place in Cleveland the end of 2013 and was able to finish the season out there. But it, it was tough going from team to team, getting cut one day, getting picked up the next day, flying out that following day, having to do the physicals, and then try to learn a completely new offense. Uh, and then playing within the following week, man, that was really tough. And then uh, whenever, I signed, whenever I signed with the Panthers, um, it was a kind of different situation because I had mm-hmm. got released after the draft in Cleveland and a couple months had passed by before I was able to get a workout to see if I could get on with another team. And uh, the Panthers had injuries at, at running back, which uh, myself and another guy that I was training with at the time, we both actually got the call to go work out for the Panthers to see if one of us would get signed. And uh, ultimately I got signed and I'm grateful for it. But it just shows you, man, it, this this league it's very cutthroat, and man, you you can never be too comfortable. The moment you start getting comfortable, man, you mess around, start packing up your stuff because you could be headed out the door. So uh, it's a lot of things that go on with it, having to pick up, having to move. Uh, my family was was very instrumental in helping ease my process of moving from San. I mean, moving from Arizona, going to San Diego, then going to San Diego, then to Cleveland. And then from home all the way to Carolina, kind of going coast to coast, all over the place, up north, down south. Man, it, it was it was a very strenuous time. But man, luckily I had my mom, uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, that was able to help me move all of my arrangements, find a place for me to stay, find a rental apartment or, or, or townhouse, whatever it may be. Man, without them, I wouldn't have been able to have a, a smooth and easy transition. Playing for uh, Carolina majority of your years um, as a special teamer, uh, talk about the fan interaction, the staff interaction, the ownership. How was that? Uh, how did that play a big role in your career? Was it? How was it? How was the whole situation between all that? So as you can already tell, I'm a big proponent of family. So uh, Carolina was actually the best place that I felt close to home, and so. Uh, I talked about San Diego a little bit earlier about feeling a little bit closer to that family value. Carolina is who really embodied that family value for me. And it all started with the head coach, Coach Ron Rivera, who's now coaching for the Washington Redskins. Uh, And that was the best professional coach that I played under. And uh, and I I wish the best for him moving forward, no matter what his endeavors was, because of the mark that he left on me as a man and as a coach. And uh, it, it really opened my eyes up to see you know, this game of football, a lot of people love the sport. And, yes, I'm talking about the business aspect of it, but Coach Rivera wanted us to prosper as as young men and, and men that could be proud of accomplishments, not only on the field. And uh, I, I took that to heart. And a lot of the players in the locker room, uh, man, I was really able to follow lead and understand, you know, how the game is supposed to be played, number one, and then number two, how we're supposed to live our lives. Uh, being in the spotlight, uh, you know, in Carolina and Charlotte, which is where the, uh, the team is based out of, uh, it's not a, a ton of professional teams kind of in that area. So we embody North Carolina and South Carolina, but seeing the work that some of the guys 
put in in the community is what really opened my eyes and inspired me to create my own foundation. I follow the mold really after Thomas Davis, who was a Carolina Panther great, uh, who actually just got signed with the Washington Redskins under Coach Rivera because of the impact those two had together. But Thomas Davis's foundation, the Defending Dreams Foundation, is amazing and it's excellent. And it's, uh, like I said, who I modeled my foundation off of and just the way that I saw him give back to the community. And it's the same way with Cam Newton's foundation. Seeing the way that they gave back to the community selflessly, uh, really pouring out all that they could whenever they weren't on the field, man. They were involved with uh, charity events, community service events that they put on themselves or that they attended of our own teammates. And uh, that's what molded me to become just a better person overall. And, and not only focusing on the game of football and neglecting everything else that's going on around us. So uh, that, that's the values that I gained while being underneath Coach Rivera and management, ownership, coaches all around, the players, that family tight-knit values, man, that, that's what I embody now uh, coming from the experiences that I had with Carolina at UT and at Pearland. You're a uh, community leader. Um, you're speaking about foundations. Obviously, you have your foundation, the Fozzie Future uh, Heroes. Speak more about that. What are some accomplishments? Obviously, I see you do uh, camps, fundraisers, charity events. What? Is, speak more about uh, your foundation. Yeah, so I originally, originally started my foundation to uh, host my summer camps that I typically hold. Uh, I hold one in Austin. Uh, each year and then I also hold one back in Pearland as well to give back to my hometown uh, and that's kind of where it started from was just and I wanted to give back and the reason why I wanted to give back is because number one uh, growing up that's what my mom had us do and uh, it was always about community service being selfless I grew up in the church I'm a Christian tried and true uh, you know Jesus came for us not to not to be praised by men but to be servants unto others and that's kind of how I live my life and I embody myself, how I see myself. If I want to be more like Christ, then I have to be uh, a servant for others, you know, ready to, to help out any way that I can. Uh, and then getting to Carolina and seeing the work that I, that I saw Thomas Davis do, seeing the work Cam Newton did, uh, all these guys with foundations, I was like, man, I got a platform. This is a great way that I can use it to help others. And, uh, started off just with the football camp and as we got things going and I started understanding how it really works man I was able to help out with uh, hurricane relief efforts whenever the hurricane hit back home uh, there was another hurricane that actually hit Florence and, and uh, the Carolina I was able to raise funds with some help with the rebuild of that uh, being able to help out at, at shelters uh, children's shelters especially during Christmas um, man, uh, we like to go out and buy Christmas trees for shelters, and then we buy the kids pajamas and toys and clothes. Uh, just things that can be taken for granted from from our perspective if we've been given a lot. Uh, that people in shelters or that are homeless or, or people just with less than what I have don't really get to experience, uh, I guess, each and every year. So uh, we raise funds to do that. I inject some of my own money in it. I raise funds through fundraisers. Uh, to be able to, to inject that into our community because ultimately I call it Fozzie's Future Heroes because I focus more on the youth aspect of it, but ultimately our youth are going to be the people that will be leading our world in the future. So 
uh, I'm always trying to inject anything that I can to them, whether it's knowledge, whether it's skills, whether it's uh, education, uh, just something that can hopefully or, or possibly inspire them to be better or to do things that they may not have thought could be done. Uh, that, that's kind of what my goal is. And uh, that's how I embody and live my life today is just man, trying to help others uh, continue to take care of my family. And uh, there's things that I can do, man. I, I, I'm an open book. Anybody can ask, and I'll try to help any way that I can. I applaud you. I uh, praise you. I like your foundation. I don't want to keep you going here for uh, too long, but I got <laughs> one uh, one closing question before you. I know you said you were an analyst for the Longhorn, the future Longhorn uh, network. Yeah. Uh, if a coaching opportunity opened in the right time and the right place, would you would you be interested in coaching uh, in the future? I never want to put coaching out of the window because I love, like, youth, kids, young adults. I love being in the mix of football. I love football, which is why I'm in the analyst role with the Longhorn Network. It allows me to still be a part of football. Uh, so I wouldn't say that, that coaching is the window. I could foresee myself being a coach. I think I'd actually be a good coach just at the moment. I am, uh, since I got a young family, I got a three-year-old and a six-year-old, I've devoted more of my time, uh, you know, spending time with them, being in the NFL, uh, we constantly traveling, doing things, our time is getting taken up, and uh, not necessarily missing precious moments of their life, but now I get to reflect and kind of enjoy moments of life with my kiddos at the moment, so that's kind of been my focus, the Longhorn Networks gives me the flexibility and the opportunity to still be around football, talk about the things that I love, which is football, while still being able to be with my kiddos, watch my son go play baseball and football on Saturdays. My daughter, uh, she's in ballet, uh, gymnastics. Like, I get to see her do that. So, at the moment, it's not in my parts, but I would never say I wouldn't coach uh, just because I love football too much. Like I said, I don't want to keep you uh... – here for too long um like i said i want to thank you for uh, joining in on the podcast uh also reach back out to coach kenny and sa- tell him i said thank you for reaching out to you yeah most definitely uh remember yes, i appreciate you remember all uh all podcasts are on anchor spotify available on basically every platform like i said thanks for joining on the podcast and we will see you guys later